Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to be with you virtually today. And, uh, you know, uh, I was sitting as, as worship was going on and I was watching the um, uh, different ones that were that were joined in online, and and I want to say how much I appreciate that, and and uh, want to encourage you know others that are watching. I know uh, some people may not watch it till later, uh, and uh, so go ahead and send your comments when you do. But uh, uh, you know we're so grateful. Uh, for this opportunity, you know, we we started broadcasting about four years ago, uh, four or five years ago, something like that. Anyway, uh, uh, with an iPhone, uh, because of a uh, blizzard, and uh, nobody could get out and get to church that day, and so uh, that was our very first. Uh, online broadcast, and and since that time, we have been making strides to improve the quality of what we do, and 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 to do it better, and and uh, you know we've uh, have been so blessed to uh, to be able to do what we do, and and literally we begin to set goals of how many people we wanted to reach, and. Um, we began to reach, literally, it blew me away that uh, the, the first time I saw that, uh, that we had reached, when, when we really launched our, um, our online broadcast kind of in the, in the way that it is today, uh, that we had 13,000 people view. And we were so excited about that and rejoicing in that. And so we began to say, you know, we wanted to see 30,000 online and so we rejoiced together when we reached 30,000 and then 50,000 and then um, we we set that goal I remember we set the goal at 80,000 and uh, then all of a sudden we just blew right past 80,000 and and topped 100,000 viewers around the world and uh, uh you know, so I want to take just a moment and welcome our online audience around the world. Um, you know, and even though we're uh, we're kind of shut down as far as what we can do in the way of public gatherings, 
and that kind of thing. I know that there are many people around the world that are in the very same situation. In fact, most of the world is, is in the same condition that, that, uh, uh, that we find ourselves in today. But uh, God has prepared us for just a time as this. And He has uh, uh, set us up in advance to be able to do what we're doing. And we're so grateful for that. Now, let's not get so used to this that when the restrictions are lifted that we say, oh, let's just watch online. Uh, you know, let's, let's don't do that. When, when the restrictions are lifted, let's come back in here together. Uh, you know, those of you who are a part of this, this uh, local church, and maybe, maybe you haven't been going to church. Uh, well, when the restrictions are lifted and, and we can come together, let's fill this place up. Let's pack this house out and, uh, uh, and celebrate. I, I, I promise you that we're going to have a celebration whenever this uh, coronavirus situation is, 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 is in the past, and it will be in the past. Let me, let me just encourage you with that word. It will be in the past, and, uh, um, you know, we're going to be able to come back together, and so we're so excited about that. But, uh, uh, but in the meantime, participate with us. And um, last week, I, I began talking about the communion table, and, and I, I started a series of, of messages that I just called, He Has. And uh, so we're going to continue with that today, and and this really comes from the uh, from the idea that you know many times Christians we think of um, you know I we we pray and we ask God to do things, and uh, you know many times we we are asking Him to do things that He has already done. And uh, you know it's kind of a, 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 of a, a futile way to to pray. And uh, I was so happy the day that I discovered that uh, you know I don't need to try to get God to do things that He's already done. And uh, you know the the uh, when I begin to look at God's Word, it tells us what He has done for us in Christ. And, you know, I've said it many times this way, that if God was going to do it, He did it. Uh, and if He was going to do it, the way that He did it was in Christ. And, uh, uh, you know, we... I, I started one day, I, was, I sat down in my living room, and I was watching a Christian television program, and they were talking about the, you know, standing on the promises of God and the things that God has promised to do, and uh, uh, they were talking about the healing promises in the Bible, and, uh, you know, I've, I've preached uh, throughout my ministry, I've, I've preached a, a, a strong message on healing, and uh, I believe in healing, and, and in fact, I was so excited the, just uh, uh, a couple of days ago that I, uh, I had someone, since we've been doing these daily uh, broadcasts, I had someone that just sent me a message and said they had received healing as, uh, as we received from the communion table online. And, and that was so exciting to me. Um, last night, I had someone give me a call and said, Pastor, can we just pray 
about this. They, were, they wanted to, they said, can we pray about this coronavirus situation? I, Absolutely we can. And so we've joined together right on the telephone and, and, and prayed. Uh, but I was watching and they were talking about the healing promises of God. And the Spirit of God just spoke on the inside of me and he said this. He said, healing is not a promise. And uh, I was kind of shocked by that statement, and I thought, you know, I've been preaching that healing was a promise of God for many years, and uh, then, then the Lord began to clarify that to me. He said, healing is not a promise. Healing is an established fact. It's something that has already been done, and because it's already been done, he said, there was a time when healing was a promise, but the promise was fulfilled in Christ. And today, healing is no longer a promise. God's not healing anymore because He has already healed. And, you know, uh, and, and faith, uh, you know, I, I've been a faith preacher for many, many years and, and, and preached the principles and, and, and the the message of faith and taught people the principles of faith. And uh, uh, then I began to realize that, uh, you know, one of the things that we said, uh, those of us who were preaching faith, we preached that God responds to our faith or God uh, uh, acts in, in response to our faith. And the Lord began to correct me on that. And he said, no, I already acted. Faith is not to get me to act. Faith is not to get me to do something. But faith is your response to what I have already done. And so, it, you know, if, if we can get the body of Christ to realize that uh, God has done some things, He's not going to do them again. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. The the 10th chapter of Romans, uh, the Apostle Paul writing there, he says, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring, he says, faith, no, uh, excuse me, let me start that over again. The Apostle Paul said, "Don't faith does not talk like this. Faith does not speak in this way. He says, faith does not say who will ascend into heaven to bring Christ down from above. And if we understand what happened there, we know that God already sent Jesus down from above. He already came down to this earth. He's not going to come again. Now, I'm not talking about the second return of the Lord Jesus. That's not what I'm referring to. But I'm saying He's not going to come again to... Uh, to go to the cross for us, to suffer for us. He's not going to do those things again. Uh, and uh, then he, the, apostle, the apostle Paul goes on and he says, and, or don't say who will descend into the abyss to bring Christ up from the dead or from, a, from, uh, from the grave. Well, why? Why, did, why doesn't faith talk that way? Because he already rose from the dead, and since he's never going to die again, he will never raise, uh, be raised from the dead again. And he has already done some things, and faith responds to what God has already done. Faith says, I believe what you already did. I believe, Jesus, that you already came down 
that you lived on this earth, that you walked among us, that you ministered here, that you worked miracles and did signs and wonders, and that the day came when you went to the grave, you went to the cross, you gave your life for us, and you died on that cross, you were buried, and you have been raised from the dead, and you have ascended back into heaven, and we're waiting for that time when you return to catch up the, the, the body of Christ and catch up believers to be with you for eternity. But, uh, but faith says, I believe what you have already done. There is no need to do it again. See, I don't need to talk Jesus into doing something that he's already done. And many times Christians miss this because they, they miss receiving answers to their prayers. They miss uh, the, the uh, things in their life that God has, uh, has provided for us in Christ because they're still trying to talk God into doing it. And uh, rather than believing and receiving and accepting what Jesus has already done for us. I love a passage that we, we see in Psalm 107. And I was meditating on this one day. And I, began, I started to think about this. I, I uh, don't know if you've uh, ever attended a, a uh, college graduation uh, ceremony. But I was at my daughter's college graduation, and uh, they were, uh, various ones were walking onto the stage, and they would introduce a person who was going to introduce a person who was going to introduce a person. Um, you know, it was kind of like that. And this person would come to the podium, and they would begin to say, well, this next person that we're, that is going to speak, this next person we're going to bring out, well, they have uh, this accomplishment and that accomplishment, and they hold this degree and that degree, and and uh, uh, they're known for this, and their body of work speaks for itself, and all of these kinds of things. And they talked about what this person had done, and it seemed like sometimes the introduction of the speaker was longer than the actual speech, and uh, um, so they went on and on and on. And I was thinking, you know, one day God began to speak through his servants, the prophets. And he began to say, I am going to send one into the world. In fact, God started talking about this back, way back in Genesis, the third chapter, after that Adam and Eve had, had fell and um, God began to respond to what they had done. And, uh, and God began to say, he said, I'm going to send a seed of a woman into the earth and this seed is going to, uh, he said, you're going to bruise his head, but... Talking to the to the serpent, he said, "He's he, you're going to bruise his head, but or or his heel, but he's going to crush your head." And he's he starts talking about what is going to happen. And throughout the Old Testament, we read of all of the things that uh, the prophecies. In fact, there are so many prophecies in Scripture of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament that sometimes we don't even recognize as prophecies of the Lord Jesus. But they're talking about the things that He's going to do when He comes into the world. And you know, and and I see God as the see that he is standing up and he is speaking through the prophets and the prophets are saying when he comes he's going to do this when he comes he's going to do that and you know one of the great prophecy scriptures um, was penned by uh, 
you know, we know David as being King David primarily. Uh, some remember him as the shepherd boy that defeated Goliath. And, uh, you know, we see uh, David in the scriptures, but a lot of times people don't realize that David uh, not only was a shepherd boy who became the king, but David was also a prophet. And uh, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when he stood up and he began to preach, he talks about what David said, David being a prophet. And uh, so one of the great prophecies that was penned by David is found in Psalm 107, and uh, we use Psalm 107, verse number 20, a lot, um, and, and it says this, and you know, when preaching healing, we use this scripture, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. But I began to meditate one day, a lot, many years ago, began to meditate on that entire 107th Psalm. And it's not only verse 20 that we need to be aware of because the entire 107th Psalm is talking about the things that Jesus would do when he comes. Now, a prophet a lot of times will talk in the, even though he may be speaking for, for speaking of something that is to come, yet many times the language that he uses will be in present tense or even in past tense about something that he, and, and this, this scripture, I read that 107th uh, chapter verse number 20 to you, and notice how he says it here. Now, he is prophesying of the Lord Jesus who had not come yet, but the way that he said it, he sent his word and he healed, past tense. He sent, past tense, his word and healed, past tense, and delivered, past tense, them from their destruction. And so even though he's foretelling something, yet he is speaking in the past tense. And, uh, and so I want us to, to notice this. Uh, you know, he sent his word, and the apostle John wrote this uh, in, in the first chapter of the gospel of John. He said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so he calls him the Word of God. In Revelation, Jesus is called the Word of God. And uh, so when the, the psalmist begins to write, the psalmist David, he says he sent his Word. He's talking about that he sent, yes, he, spent a, he, he sent a spoken word, but he also sent the Word made flesh who was named Jesus. And, uh, uh, you know, when, when the angel brought the message to Mary that she was going to uh, give birth, she was going to conceive and give birth to a son, and, uh, you know, talked about that this son would be uh, uh, Jesus. And... and uh, the angel began to talk to her about that. And then Mary said this, Be it unto me according to your 
word. Now let me encourage you with that today. To speak, be it unto me. Those words are so powerful and many times we don't understand and we don't grasp just how powerful that is. And I encourage you, begin to say this out of your mouth. In fact, say it with me right now. Say, be it unto me according to your Word And who is the Word? Jesus is the Word of God. Be it unto me according to Jesus. Be it unto me according to everything that is prophesied and everything that has been said about Jesus. Let, let everything that was said about Him and everything that the Word did at the cross in His death, burial, and resurrection, let everything that... that uh, is attributed to what Jesus did, let it be unto me, according to Jesus. And so, if we want to know what has been done at the cross and what has already been accomplished, what He has, our title of our message, what He has done, if you want to know what He what what all that means, go into the Scriptures, go into the Word of God, and as you read the Word of God, begin to look at the things that He has done. Praise God, because, see, God, there are some things God is never going to do again. He is never going to heal another person because He already sent His Word and healed them. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying healing is not for today. It is for today. I'm not saying that healing is not yours. It is yours. But it is an accomplished fact, not a future work that is going to be done. It is a work that has already been accomplished in Christ because he already bore your sickness, your disease, and your pain in his body. Praise God. And, and Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, talks about uh, uh, this. In fact, you know, I told you about the time when the Lord said to me that, that healing is not a promise. He said it's a report. It's something that has already been done. It is a report. And Isaiah chapter 53 starts out this way. It says, and who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been extended? And so the arm of the Lord, speaking of the, the, the power and the might of God, it says that it is extended or made available, made active towards those who believe the report. The reason it is a report is because it has already been done. It is not a promise. God didn't promise, uh, you know, he, he did promise to heal you, but it has been done now, and so we are no longer talking about the promise. We are talking about the reported fact, praise God, the reported work that has already been done. Psalm 107, uh, verse 20, he sent, past tense, his word, Jesus, and he, Jesus, healed them past tense, and he delivered, past tense, them, us, from our destruction. Praise God. And so let, let's 
look here at, at what Peter says on the day of Pentecost when he stood up and he began to preach. In the second chapter of Acts, uh, verse number 29, Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost states this. He states, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you that the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us today. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn in an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he's talking about uh, David, according to the flesh, that he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He Foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that he that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Now, uh, let's go back to this. Uh, to this idea of what God has done, and I want us to go to the first verse of this 107th Psalm. Notice how he starts this off, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I remember uh, many years ago that uh, I had a... Um, a pastor who's gone to be with the Lord now, but he one of the favorite things that he used to say, and he, he would say it every time we came to church, he would say, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So let's say it together. I'm redeemed. And we would all, all repeat that together. And it was we knew it was going to happen every time we came to church because the psalmist said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Um, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Now notice here, uh, you know, uh, he says that he has redeemed. He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now, he's prophesying of Jesus, who at the time he said this, was yet to come, but yet he spoke it in the past tense as a prophet. He spoke that he has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Now, in, in, in speaking about the things that are going on in our world today, uh, with the uh, with the virus outbreak and you know that that we're all in this world dealing with today, let me assure you that Jesus has redeemed us from this work, this hand of the enemy, this manifestation of the hand of the enemy. And I assure you today that God is not the author of coronavirus. It did not come from the throne room of God. And, and you can mark that down. That is not where it came from. And it is the work of the hand of the enemy, the work of the hand of the devil, and God, through Christ, has past tense 
already redeemed us from it. Praise God. And so let me, let me get my believing friends on board with me here that we're not praying for God to redeem us. We're not praying for God to deliver us from this destruction because he has in Christ already. See, God delivered us before there was ever a need to be delivered. He delivered us. The, the Bible calls Jesus the lamb which was slain from the foundation of the world. And he has delivered us before the foundation of the world. God already dealt with the sin issue before there was a sin issue. He already dealt with it and he dealt with it in Christ. He dealt with coronavirus before anybody ever heard of coronavirus. God was already in Christ dealing with coronavirus. And he already laid it all upon Jesus. This is why I can say most boldly and with, with uh, and most emphatically that this will become a thing of the past. Praise God. Because God has already done it. He has already dealt with it in Christ. Christ, and get this, how can he ever say no to something he already did? If you already did something, then you can't turn around and say, no, I'm not going to do that. You already did it. It's too late for that. God already, you know, if, if, uh, if, uh, if God wasn't going to take care of this, he shouldn't have said so. But he did say so. He said, I already did it. And it's too late, he can't take back what he already did. Praise God. Nor is Jesus going to come again to take stripes on his back again. It is already an established fact. And, and I emphasize that. And, and uh, you know, if, if you can get a hold of that, and if you can grasp that, it will change your life. It will literally revolutionize your life to understand what God has already done for you. Uh, praise God. Now, get this. Hebrews 9 verse 22 says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Colossians chapter 1 verse number 14. He says this, he, he says, um, and, and I have lost that verse here for just a moment. Uh, let me go. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Verse 13 and 14. Uh, he says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption. Remember David said, he has redeemed us. In him we have redemption. Not we're going to be redeemed, but we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, um, when we can get a hold of that, the word redemption means to uh, involves forgiveness, the pardon of sins, uh, letting them go as if they were never committed. Remission. Of the penalty, not just the remission of the sin, but the remission of the penalty of the sin. 
You see, we have already been redeemed. We have already been forgiven. We have already been healed. You see, how do you get saved? How did you get born again? You got born again because the Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You see, it's believing what he has done. If you're struggling with sickness and disease and, and pain in your body today, believe what he has done. In fact, just say this with me. We're going to receive the communion table, uh, and I have this right here, and I, I want to remind you of what he has done. Praise God. Uh, we, we ask you to go ahead and get the communion elements, so if you've got those ready, get those in, in, in front of you right now. But remember, Jesus said this is to be done in remembrance of him, not in hope of what he's going to do, not in even in faith of what he's going to do, but in faith in what he has done. He has given his body to the stripes so you could be healed. It is an established fact. So come into agreement with me right now, and let's say this together over the, uh, as we prepare, as we partake of this bread together. His body, this bread represents his body, which was broken for you. Praise God. Let's say it together. Say, Lord Jesus, I don't need to talk you into anything because you have already done it. You have already permitted your body to be broken for me. I believe that healing is not a promise, but it is an established fact. And it was established the moment that you gave your body to be broken for me. So now I thank you for what you have done. And I receive what you have done for me through your broken body. I receive my healing right now. I believe there, there, there could be someone watching me right now. In fact, you know, I... Uh, maybe, maybe you've already uh, been exposed to and maybe even been uh, uh, confirmed as having the coronavirus. But right now, in the name of Jesus, this is better than any vaccine. This is better than any uh, antibiotic or, or any cure that they may have for it. This is better. Jesus' body was already broken for you. Receive healing right now in Jesus' name. Let's partake. I would love to, except mine won't come out of the cup. There we go. Praise God. In the cup, Jesus is the Lamb which was slain from the foundation of the world. His blood has already been shed for you. We have, through his blood, we read the scriptures a moment ago, we have the remission of sin. In him we have redemption. The forgiveness, or better translated, 
remission of sin. As we receive this today, let's give thanks that our sin was already punished on the body of Jesus. Already. He's not going to take another nail for you. He's not going to take another thorn in his brow for you. He's not going to take um, another stripe across his back. He's not going to shed another drop of blood for you. Because what he shed was enough. And it never needs to be done again. So let's give thanks for the blood of Jesus that was spilled out for us. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that before I ever needed it, your blood was shed for me. Right now, I need it. And I receive the power of the blood that was shed for me. I receive the remission of sin. I receive that now. Jesus, in fact, if you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, say this with me right now, and you can be saved. By the time we say amen, you will be saved. Praise God. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you paid for all of my sins, and your blood has provided the remission of sin for me. I thank you for it. I believe that you were raised from the dead so I could have new life. And right now, I choose to receive what you have done for me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's partake of the cup. Praise God. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you said, Jesus, I choose you to be my Savior. That, that's essentially what you said. I put my trust in Jesus and his shed blood as my Savior. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love with you.